Bill Simmons hosts the most downloaded sports podcast of all time with a rotating crew of celebrities, athletes, media staples, and a slew of other friends and family members who always happen to be available. Check out the Bill Simmons podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. <gasps> Did, oh, sorry. Did, can we Jesus come in? Jesus Christ, Ryan. You just dropped that on us. You can't. You can't do that without Thanks a warning, for having right? me, mate, but... Hi everyone, how you doing? I'm Ian Wright and welcome to Wrighty's House on Ringer FC. Hope you're all safe and well. Today we're going to chat a bit about the new Loki series because I love Loki. He's kind of naughty but nice. I'm hyped because England are playing at home during the Euros. Players we're looking forward to see and our picks for the tournament and a quick chat about Roy Keane and Patrick Vieira because I'm doing my first Euro show with those two guys. So I'm looking forward to that as well. And my guests today are Ryan Hahn and Mr. Musa Kwonga. Mr. Ryan Hahn and Mr. Musa Kwonga. How you doing, fellas? Very good, very good. All right, thanks, man. How are you? Can I tell you, I've not been kind of exercising and I've been eating a lot of stuff that I know because I've worked so hard to make sure that I, <laughs> when I do the Euros, I, I, look, I look lean. And, mm. and the last week, I've done no exercise and I've eaten everything that I'm not supposed to eat. Good. I had burger and chips three times on the spin in, in, in the meal. <laughs> he's not exercising, but he's accessorizing. Look at that I'm neck. Look at that neckerchief. Come on, neckerchief, man. Moose, I was going <laughs> to say, you know, it's just, and the thing is I put it on as a, because my, my, my shirt, as, if you, as everyone will see, it's kind of like a, a priesty kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Like yours, Moose. You look like Hector Bellerin. You look like Hector Bellerin, though. I feel Hector Bellerin-ish. The same energy. Yeah, same energy. But it, but it needs something here. <laughs> it needs something here to, to finish off this. It needs to you be look finished Like a 19th off. century painter or poet. That's what you feel, look like. I feel Van Goghish. No, it's a good vibe. It's a good vibe. I, I'm wearing know? a Uganda shirt. Uganda shirt because, you know, it's time to get back to the roots, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's be, let's so, so, so much racism in. in society. I've got to ground myself again, remind myself of the- And, uh, and be strong in the there. ancestral you know, yeah. yeah. Accessorize, accessorize. And it's funny because I, I feel there's a Black Panther-y vibe about it. I'm, I'm all in black. Yeah, man. Jesus, it's just na it just naturally came, but you know. He's ready, for the, he's ready for the Berlin move. That's why. The Berlin move, man. That's why Listen. I need to come to. I, can't, <laughs> I cannot wait to come to, 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 to go to Berlin. I Berlin is a vibe wait. right now. It is a real, it's, it's <sighs> beautiful. The weather we'll is for, stunning. We'll go for a burger, man. You know, yeah. the thing is, is that when we, when we done the, the World Cup, it's the first one, I and my wife was there with me. And like I said, we, we went to Potsdam and we rode, on, went on the train, on the bikes, went to Potsdam, rode around Potsdam. And I said, darling, we've we got to come back here, man. There's an energy here, man. I want the girls to witness the energy. People dress like right Musa then. Yeah. See how Musa's dressed now? People dress like that then. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Listen. God. Oh God. A, mid a Midsummer Night's Drip. Listen. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw something there. I saw something this week that because uh, we're we're all hyped for Loki, right? Loki, yes, the Loki bro. Oh God, oh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Gosh. Um, did you know what I was watching the trailer? Mm -hmm. Crimes against the sacred timeline. I was just like, this is Musa. My treats. This is should be arrested for crimes against the sacred timeline. The you know, tweet, you know, very authority, arrest me for my treats. Can I say one of the best? One of the best lines of somebody arriving in a film, and the bit when he arrived, when he arrived 
in Avengers Assemble and he says, I am Loki and I am burdened with glorious purpose. I love it. I, I said, I remember saying to my, saying to my missus, you know what? I, it's so weird that we're talking about Loki now because I remember coming back because my missus gets very nervous about when anything happens um, like with the, with the kneeling and what people are going to say. She knows I'm going to, she know I'm going to say something and she feels nervous about what's going to come back. You know, when you do say what you say and that's that. And I remember when I came back from doing the, doing the game the other day, the Romania game, because we was talking about it before, because I speak to my, my wife, she's, she's a white lady. And like, so she's, you know, she's worried about what comes back and how it is. So I remember when I came back, the first thing I said to her was, darling, I'm Ian Wright and I am burdened with glorious <laughs> And the thing is, is that it kind of, it, it killed it. It kind of took the energy out of her anxiousness. So don't worry. Don't worry, man. <laughs> You know, I'm, right, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit disappointed that you didn't say I'm Ian Wright and I'm burdened with glorious accessories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, you know the thing is though, I love I, the, the character of Loki. Is I love that he's god of mischief. Mm. I love. I love. Yes, the, yes. And they could not have cast a better person. There are footballers like that though. Actually, I was, was going to say who's the, who's Who? the footballer in Loki? Because if you think about Loki's arc, right, it's like is he a villain? Is he not? He's definitely a villain. No, he's not a villain. Yeah. Do you know who it was? Do you know who it was? Who? It was Ivan Dele Pena. Oh. Dele Pena, the little Buddha. Because the Loki, the real Loki, mm. is the one which messes up your own tactical schemes, but also the other team's tactical schemes. So it's like a Ronaldinho, basically. He's the kind of like all-time Loki era, mm. I think. Because but Ronaldinho I say- was... Yeah, yeah sorry, go on. No, 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 because- go on, Ronaldinho. Because he was like, he was the joker at PSG. Then he became mm-hmm. the kind of the serious, responsible playmaker. Yeah. yeah. And then he started to like kind of corrupt mess a little bit so we got binned he got yes, sold and, he, do you know what I mean and like on and off the field he is Loki yeah he's, he's always Loki. had that energy yeah you know the uh, thing with Loki it's really why I love watching it with, with young with young kids like I watch it with my girls I watch all of them with my girls and when I watch my girls and Loki I see how they really dislike Loki and then all of a sudden they really love Loki it's an unbelievable like Tom Hiddleston the way he's acted that part is perfect He's perfect. He's yeah. perfect. Like the casting, you know when people talk about the casting, that is perfect casting. Just like, just like um, Tim Robbins in, in, in Shawshank. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's perfect, perfect casting. casting, right? And like Loki, like I say, there's times with Loki, like even when, when Thanos, when, yeah, I don't want to go, I'm not going to give stuff away, but when, when at the start of that film, when, you know, yeah, when, yeah, when of Thor, course. And, you know, I don't want to give stuff away, but, I like the way with, with this, with the new Loki, um, how it has to go back to a place because it's something happened to Loki, what we've seen in Avengers. And yeah, everything. of course. I, mean, of and course. I don't want to give anything away, but I just cannot wait to watch it. I can't wait to watch it. My, I love my, Loki. My relationship with, with Loki reminds me very much of my relationship with Diego Costa. It's true. <laughs> Diego Costa. Diego Costa is Loki. Just like, oh, this guy's funny. Signed for Chelsea, I was just like, I hate this guy. <laughs> and then he left and went to Atleti and I was just like, I love this guy. I love this guy. But like, what's that bit in Mean Girls? Like, yes. I hate this song. I love this song. I know this song. <laughs> oh my God, talking about a song and watching Pitch Perfect one to three with my girls. Have you not seen Pitch Perfect? No, 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 not yet. Not yet. Why aren't you watching that film? I don't know, man. Oh no, my goodness. Because it's about acapella I... sing, singing and everything. And they, it's, it's just... It's a beautiful film. It's just beautiful in the way it is and the, the way they're singing and the, the stories and the, all the girls together. Do you know oh I'm not gosh, in it? Because I'm, I'm on a, I'm no, a, do you know it. what it is? Because I'm currently in a bit of a wormhole. So basically 
at the moment what I'm doing is I'm trying to like get healthy again for the summer. So like hopping on my exercise bike and I'm watching right. movies right. while I cycle because then you can cycle huge distances without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm on a massive like Ryan Gosling tear at the moment. Just watched a wow. Blade Runner 2049. Okay. I love his vibe in that. Now I'm watching Drive while cycling. Yes. And you know, it's yes. wild. Like <laughs> watching a driving movie while cycling is such a head rush. So when right got- now, my rotation mm-hmm. is basically the Ryan Gosling rotation, but I'll get round to Pitch Perfect. Ooh. I will get round to it. Actually, before we, before we get to the Euros, before we get to the Go Euros on. very quickly, you know that there's the one Loki line I think about when I think about Boeing taking the knee? Go on. You know, and like all the Chitauri are really aggy because they can't go and fight. And Loki yes. just goes, let them gird themselves. When <laughs> 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 I think of those Boeing fans, I'm just like, great- let them gird themselves. <laughs> it's just Loki's, Loki's delivery and everything. It's just, it's beautiful. Can I say, it's I have beautiful. one theory about this. I haven't I heard it. anywhere. Tom cool. Hiddleston basically plays Loki straight like a public school villain. He does. That's the thing. He basically plays him like a private school villain. And I was he like, does. this is like, I was watching it going, and I called a mate. I was like, dude, like, <laughs> Loki's playing like one of those dudes who didn't like at school. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, just really yeah, exercising yeah. the power that he yeah, has. Straight, and the, it's the very, evilness of it. It's very kind of like villainous politician got like a secret budget for like some contract you don't know about. Like it's very much that energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. But the Euros, because I remember, right, we we finished off and I got a couple of messages from people who said they loved when we finished one of the, finished one, our last um, Wrighty's House Mm. with the league. And I was so excited about the Euros because I am. What the, the one thing I'm, I'm disappointed about with the Euros and I, I'm quite ple- and I'm pleased about is that England may have all their games at Wembley. So I'm getting the Euro 96 vibe, which I think we're going to need. And hopefully we can get fans, the more fans in, obviously the better. But I'm just excited about it because what I love about the World Cup and the Euros is that you, you normally have to go somewhere, plot down. Then you have to find the little bars and little cool places, little thing. And then you do the football and you go to that bar to meet up and then you kind of get into the little infrastructure of everything that's going on in that place where you are. And I kind of miss that. Mm. I miss that. But other than that, I am so excited about the, the tournament. Right. And, you know, we're coming off of the Premier League and all the football we had to do and the way we had to consume it was quite, was for me, it was fucking, it, was, it kind of got too much. It morphed, it morphed. But now... We're going to see different stuff. I'm so excited. Who's the dark horses, man? Because like, I, I love, I'm feeling Italy in Same respect. So yeah. The, Are they a dark horse though? You know what? It, Ryan, I was speaking to, like we had a massive kind of like with Roy Keane, Dicko, Sam Face. We was all behind the scenes at ITV the other day and we was talking about your, like Euros and tournaments and winning and winning built from the back. You know, winning built from the back. If England... For me, if England had a Chiellini and a Bonucci, 36-34 respectively, and they built from there and we've got what we've got up front, I'm fucking confident, bro. I'm mm. confident from the back because I know that with them two, that solidness yeah. is what's going is, is to help to win the tournament for somebody, that their defensive stability and the defensive strength. That's actually a really good point because I think that's probably what we've seen with England now is we've gone from kind of looking rather lovingly at, at continental Europe and being like, mm. look at all these playmakers they've got and look at all these really technically gifted players. All of a sudden we've got loads of really amazingly talented, te- technically gifted players. Mm. And actually, we just want a couple of bastards at the back. That's why I think James Brown, James Ward-Prowse, Ryan, 
He's you know what I mean? Keen I know, Ali, James Ward Prowse, isn't he? I'm telling you, man, we haven't got that. We haven't got that playing everybody else. And we, you know, even when you look at our defence and our defenders, there's no one who's got a, a gnarliness or a about them. James Ward Prowse had it. He's got the kind of that gnarly kind of vibe about him where he will upset somebody from the other team in the way yeah. he is, in the way he's ratting around people, like how you see him do with. Wilfred Zaha, like every single time they play. <laughs> you know, you can tell that James Ward Prowse is quite gnarly. It's his, his facial hair. It's his facial hair, man. No one under 30 has that kind of facial hair. He looks like a guy that Jason Statham would call up for a job in one of those fucking movies, was it? Drive movies. movies, yeah, the ones that just yeah. make yeah. ridiculous yeah. amounts of money. Like, no one rocks facial hair like that under at that age. Perfect. Where were we? Where were we, right? England playing at Wembley. <laughs> But can I just say that for me is massive. And this is why when you look at England, how they start tournaments, not great, mm. not great. You know, even games like, like we've got, we've got Croatia and you've got to say that like we talk about our creativity and the defense, which is always going to be a worry for me, but the creativity and who he's going to put in and what they're going to do. Because what I saw the other day was again, Jack Grealish coming to the fore in a game where it just looked like... <laughs> Rashford looked like he was going to do for do a bit for a bit. Jaden Sancho looked like he was doing a bit for a, doing something for a bit, but like it wasn't quite happening. And then it's Jack Grealish is the person that goes into that place where people are now. Oh, I'm afraid of him. Mm. Oh, you know, watch him. <clears throat> don't because the penalty, even the penalty he got, he's searching for the defender's hope. leg. It's like rock he's climbing, isn't it? Rock climbing, it's, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. He's searching. You know, you're up here, but you know it's down here somewhere, and yes. you're you're searching. He got that penalty for us. And I think that in games like this, especially at home, especially when it's tight, you need that player. Especially in tournament football. Absolutely. I mean, how many times have England been, well, not just England, but how many times do England fans feel like they've been done by a decision in a knockout yes. stage of a to- yes. tournament? And people say things like, oh yeah, but we don't do that. No, I mean, the, the England moral superiority thing, if that, <laughs> if that is even a thing anymore, then people need to really check themselves. But... Obviously, no one wants to see people diving all over the place. Or Mm-mm. The thing about Jack, which I think is amazing, is that a lot of England's key players will only fully thrive if they are paired with people that complement them. Yeah. Mm. I think Grealish is one of the, one of the few who, and I think, I think Jude will be like this if he plays. I think Jude Bellingham will be one of those people who's just like, we always say it's like a basketball analogy. It's just like, mm. give me the ball and get out of the way. Yeah. You know? And that's what Jack Grealish is so good at is, is that Jack Grealish doesn't really need anyone. Obviously, he, he, he's better when he has a better team around him, but he's very much just like, give me the ball yeah, but, right, and drive, right. you know? Yeah. And that's going to cause right, people we, loads of problems. Like we said, if he comes on late in games yeah, against yeah. tired defences, that's going to cause so yeah, many problems. When you look at the, 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 um, the dynamics of a, a Jude Bellingham, a Grealish and a Sancho, right, that you've got the capability of calling on those three players, right? And can you... Let's just fast forward and they're having a brilliant game, right? They're ripping team. Can you imagine the riffing, what them three are doing off of each other? What they can do to the opposing team. Yeah. It's, Dude, it's, it's, it's terrifying. It's going to be like watching Miles Davis at the Isle of Wight. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I love this mm. song. <laughs> it's mm. honestly, mm, 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 it's mm. exactly like that, right? Because you just think of yourself, when you look at what, and then what we're capable of, what we can bring off the bench, what we could do, but them free without thinking of anybody else having the tournament of their lives in this team, it's exciting. 
Do you know, I saw the other day, I was watching some old, uh, very old Jack Grealish highlights. And what blew me away was how slight he was, how skinny he was. There were no calves at all back then. No mm. calves. The guy was mm. skinny. They weren't a thing. And now his calves are like the most famous part of his kind of like wow. physique, right? And I was like, my goodness. So Grealish obviously realized from an early age, I'm getting kicked to pieces, right? And what's that thing of that line from Tenet? There are some people that run towards the burning building. Mm. Grealish was like, I'm going to need bigger cars because I'm going to be running into many more burning buildings throughout yeah. my career. And he basically yeah. went and bulked up because he was like, if I'm going to get kicked, they've got to bounce off me. And he yeah. made that choice. And there's a lot of wingers you see and wide forwards and midfielders, whichever position, who don't make that choice. Like, this is what I think is so impressive about him. Like I've said this before, his bravery is absolutely incredible. And in a tournament situation where people are going to be afraid because, you know, in big tournaments, and this is not mm. to call footballers out, it's a thing that happens to anyone in a stressful situation. It's like when you're in an exam room. In an exam room, you've done your revision and you get a really difficult question. The people that get the really high marks, the ones that take the risks, and the ones that get the reasonable marks don't take risks. And in an exam room, of course, your thing is you're going to freeze, you're not going to go for it. Grealish in an exam situation, you know, a footballing situation, is the one that reaches for the risk. Mm -hmm. And that is not a judgment on the players that don't because it's terrifying to do that. But that's why he is so exciting going to this That's tournament. why he goes to the next level. That's, that's why, why he's so exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I that's why that, my, uh, my players to watch, we'll get into those in a sec, but my yeah, players to watch are all who players. Are yours? Who, who is uh, Marcel Sabitzer for Austria. Sabitzer in the midfield, yeah. Because he's got yeah. such a big workload, but he always manages mm -hmm. to be creative despite having to carry such a big load. Um, I would go for Barella for Italy because the way that his trajectory is going is really impressive. Burak Yilmaz for Turkey. Yes. Just because I yeah. think that he's going to be spearheading something really mm -hmm. exciting. And he's shown so much bravery in this title running. And then Pedri for Spain. Mm. Because I think, Ped I think Spain are going to have challenges that they haven't quite anticipated. Do you think Pedri will um, start? No, I don't. I don't, but I think he'll be one to watch. I think he'll have a role. I mean, always watch my son. Exactly. I think I don't. So I don't think he'll start. So I, I pick players who, mm. some are obvious, some are not so obvious, but yeah, players who I think ones. will be decisive when it really gets to the kind you, of business end. You know, you know, I was watching the other day, and because you just seen flash of stuff. All those players you mentioned there, Moose, of course, and watch out for them even more. I saw a bit of Sabitza, but he didn't see too much of him against England the other day. But I like Golovin mm. of um, of Russia. Of Russia, yeah. he, he he was. I thought he was really good in the World Cup, really good, um, especially the pressure he's under. But he, I don't think he gets the... He's he kept looking the, for gaps as well. Yeah, yeah, Yes, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He's one of those sneaky, he's a sneaky player. That all of a sudden, you know, like Arshavin came out of nowhere. Yes. And we like, Arshavin was like, where the fuck's he been? And then all of a sudden in that, in that Euros, Arshavin was just like, oh my God, he's going to sign for anyone he wants to. Yeah. I'm not saying Golovin would do that, but it's the way he's just slipped in. He's, and he just... But he's just got everything what I see him as a midfielder and the way he goes and supports um, Zuba, who for me- yeah, it's brilliant. You know, when you watch, when you watch Zuba, I, I don't know if it, I'm just drawn towards, I'm not saying that Russia got to win anything or do anything, but I just like the way that he plays Golovin off of a Zuba. And it's even a Christian Vieri type, Christian Vieri yes, type vibe. exactly. When it goes in there for someone who's six foot six, it fucking stays there. Yeah. And then it's up to the people to be in and around it. That can be dangerous. That can be, very dangerous. I'm actually, for Spain, I'm looking forward to watching Gerard Moreno. Yeah, yeah. I considered him a little bit for a golden boot. Mm. Mm. I think he's going to score a bag of goals, especially if Spain go deep. Mm. I'm actually really interested to see Karim Benzema. Oh gosh, yeah. 
Yes. I mean, I'm not 100% sure whether he should have been included in the squad, if I'm being honest, because of the trial that's coming up for, for the reasons that he was excluded in the first place. I'm really looking forward to seeing Frankie Dion play in a tournament again and kind of Frankie see Unchained, how... Frankie yeah. Yeah, and see how that, that goes. Other than that, I'm just kind of really interested to see how Italy do. Mm. Mm. I know you mentioned him as a potential dark horse before, but like, I think people who have been keeping an eye out on Italy quite like the fact that they're underhyped. I mean, they're on, what are they on? Like a 25 game unbeaten yeah, run unbeaten or something? Run. They're not a dark horse, they're a horse. They're, they're Italy. They're Italy in a major tournament. They're just a good horse. Do you think it's because of the, the fact that the scoring, that it's more about the defence? Everybody's talking about the defence and not conceding and this. That's Italy from, from, when, from, from me as a youngster. Mm. I've never, in all the times I've watched Italy in World Cups and everything, like, Italy have never been, I think the most exciting I've seen Italy, I would have probably say it was Baggio 94. Yes. Um, you know, they were fucking awesome. I thought they were amazing. And, you know, if they had won that, that wouldn't, no one could say, oh my God, they did. Because Baggio had a, um, a world-class, like, like uh, we knew that Baggio was world-class anyway, but that was him stamping yeah. his authority on a, a tournament when he went in the tournament as somebody that should be doing that. But Italy don't, they defend and then somebody comes out of the blue, like we saw with Scalacci. It's not like Italy, like they blast teams after, they fucking get it done. They, 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 they're very, they're yeah. very astute at doing it. And Germany are petrified of them. So Italy are like Real Madrid, basically. They're ne- always dangerous. They are mm. always dangerous. Italy in a knockout, there's not a single manager in international football who has got Italy in the knockout stages and thought, oh great, we're playing Italy. Mm-hmm. That has mm-hmm. never happened. And I, I'm not a mind reader, but I can pretty much tell you that has never, I put money, that's never happened. Someone else's money, but not mine. This is what's so funny about them. You know, like when, when Real get to the knockout stages of any tournament, right? They suddenly remember who they are mm. and they suddenly remember all the trophies. There's a thing, there's a switch that activates when Italy get to a certain stage of a tournament. They're like, hang on a minute. And someone comes to the dressing room. Do you realise we've won the World Cup three times? Everyone's exactly. like, what? So, yeah. And they're like, oh my God. Then they just, this kind of glaze comes over their eyes. This yeah. sort of blue it's like glaze. Ramos, it's like, like Ramos saying to the manager, listen, man, just come in and manage. No, you it's like the white walkers. It's like when they put that baby in the woods, they become the blue walkers. And all of a sudden the eyes, <laughs> <laughs> the eyes, they come out of the dressing room and their eyes are blue. <laughs> it's and someone said, what happened to Italy? So someone showed them the trophy cabinet. And what about, <laughs> what about Germany, Rai? Because like, there's and not a lot because I'm looking forward to seeing someone like Serge Gnabry in this tournament. Mm. Man. You know, obviously, I think that um, one of the key players, and I remember watching him from the, the, the last um, the last tournament, is, is that is Kimmich, bro. Mm. It's like Kimmich. When I watch that Philip Lahm, and you hear Pep Guardiola talk about he's the best player he's ever coached, or so, something to that effect, and then you look at Kimmich, who's kind of like world class right back, yeah, and now he's playing in that six role and still doing unbelievable things. Yeah. You know, so I'm looking at someone like, can Werner do it in this tournament? Will he, will he, will something be different when he plays for Germany, when he's got that kind of caliber of player behind him? Uh, I think it just depends. Cause I actually think that, I think Kimmich may play right back for the you tournament. Think? Yeah. He's the best right back in the squad. That's the thing he's about best, Kimmich. One of the best right backs in the world. Yeah. Um, but he's also one of the best centre midfielders there. But I think that mm. in terms of what Germany have, they're way better stacked in central midfield than they are at right back. And I think that you look, for example, they could have, they've got Tony Kroos, they've got Ilkay Gundogan, they've got Leon Goretzka, they've got 
Florian Neuhaus. But the thing for me, it really depends on whether they play a three or a four. I don't personally like the three at the back for Germany. I think they should go four. And if they go four and play Kimmich at right back, it actually frees up the front six way Mm. better. And it allows them to experiment a little bit more and basically kind of recreate that Bayern lineup and vibe. For example, I think you could have like Muller and Havertz behind Werner. Mm. And I think that works really well. That's dangerous. That also works really well. Where's Goretzka? I'd play him in the middle with Gundogan or Kroos, for example. Or you could play them as a three. Like one of them may have to lose out. Who loses out? I think Goretzka loses out. Is he? Love is ultimately a little bit conservative. Not Mm. in the bad way. Like he backs his established players or players that have done it for him before. Now I thought Germany would be disappointing at this tournament and because I saw their early, like their early Mm. friendlies. But then last night I watched them against Latvia and I'm sad to say my prediction may already be out of date because he played Kimmich wide. He played alongside Gosens, the two, um, the, the wing backs, Kroos and Gundogan through the middle mm-hmm. and Harvats up front along with Muller. And then Werner came on in the second half and Germany looked brilliant. And some will say mm-hmm. it was only Latvia, but that is how you beat. If you're a top team, mm-hmm. that's how you beat a team that is maybe second tier, second or mm-hmm. third tier. Uh, they were extremely impressive in moving the ball around. And I think Kroos Gundogan will likely be one that he goes with. And I think the back three, it's not ideal, Ryan, you're right. Or if they were going to play a back three, I would like a different configuration of back three. Like I would start Emre Chan, for example. I it's, only really right. good, it's only Rudiger plays, right? Rudiger, definitely. Can they do what Can they do what Musa said about Italy and just all of a sudden they get their eyes turned blue when they go, yeah, ready yeah. to go? There's enough talent in that squad to beat any team in the tournament, the problem is they've looked very much like a number of times in the last year or so when they've played, for example, or even going back to like the, the Nations League stuff against the Netherlands a few years mm. ago. They've looked very much like 11 players on a football pitch, not a team sometimes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, this goes back to the last World Cup as well. So honestly, this Germany squad, they could win the whole thing and they could go out in the group stages. Wow. What about France? Because if Mbappe's already for me. Um, I think he's already is 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 it is is everything. It's just like for him to be. I just read something from Arsene Wenger the other day about the different stages of a player of his elite nature and how you go from twenty to twenty three, and then when you get to twenty, you you go to another place in the way you develop and the way you play and. He says that he believes that Mbappe is is that one who's just gonna he's just gonna go again because you look at him and what France have got in now uh, our man who's just come back um, Benzema Griezmann you know Benzema can do all that link up he holds he play Griezmann can just drop off and he can do can anything he wants can you see past France bros can you see past France I can't only because, not because I'm not saying they won't. But do you know what it is? The players that go for the France national team love playing for France. They you love it. See and it they in the elevate, train, they, elevate. They, look, they absolutely loving it. They love it. They love it. Some of them seem to love it more than playing for their clubs, which is unusual. I'm not criticizing people. I'm not saying it's a criticism. It's like they love that bond. It's the squad and the, con- the connection they've got. It's incredible, right? And the way that Mbappe elevates his game for France specifically, he hasn't actually had the best season, which sounds strange looking at his stats, but Mbappe hasn't had by his standards, 
the the very best season because you think he gets more excited when he goes to France because of who's there and he knows. I like, don't know if it's that, but I think that he loves. What, I would love that. Do you know what it's like? Watching Mbappe is like watching early Michael Jackson at the Motown 25th anniversary doing Billie Jean. Oh my God. You know, when I was re-watching the France-Argentina, my favourite game of that 2018 World Cup, and there's a moment when Mbappe just decides, he decides to just go. And when he decides to go and just take control of a game, there's no stopping him. And you see the Argentina defenders who are playing out of their minds and mm -hmm. he tears them to shreds. And you see it in the semi against them. Um, Belgium, where he puts Fellaini, who had a good tournament, yeah. on absolute skates, and it looks like he's entering warp drive. And it's like, he, for me, is the most thrilling player in world football when he's on. Mm. And he seems to love being on for France. And the scary thing was watching them against Wales. And again, some will say, well, it was a warm-up. The way that Benzema, Pogba, Griezmann, and Mbappe combined against Wales mm. was, was frightening. Yeah, it, yeah, it was a little... Because it was light work for them. It was light yeah. work for them. Mm-hmm. I think France games might be really fun to watch as well because I think that the one area for me which concerns me with France, but I still think that if you're looking around other teams, a lot of people have got similar issues, is um, just ass. defensively. Yeah, yeah. The amount of options they've got in an attacking sense, just, it's kind of scary. Mm. You're looking at people like Kingsley Coman, who mm. was the Champions League final man of the match last year. Mm. Well, less than a year ago. And he's probably not getting in that starting 11. Wow. No. Maybe. I don't know. And no, then you've got, you've got Thomas Lamar, who's had a kind of revival no. this season. You've got obviously Kareem Benzema back in there. You've got Olivier Giroud, who's been amazing for France. And you haven't even mentioned Mbappe and, Gwant and Griezmann. And then you've it's got Usman Dembele. I don't know, man. I just think they're too, they're too to stacked from midfield forward. They're more stacked than anyone, I think. Because they've already won the World Cup and they, it seems to me now that they want to do what Spain done mm. Euros World Cup just fucking they want to do that because you can't tell me that when you look at France's lineup um, from goalkeepers straight all the way through that that's not an a, a, a international team that should be doing that they should be and yeah. I heard Pogba say the other day that yes you look at our team and it looks like a FIFA a FIFA game he says but we got to get that together mm. And for Pogba to be saying that, saying it publicly, that's a massive thing to say, a massive statement, because he's really pointing a finger. Everybody's saying, yes, we're amazing, we're, we're amazing individuals, which they are. In, you know, but if we don't get it together, and, and yes, they've won the World Cup, they've got to continue to win because I think they've got age on their side as well. Yeah. I love Pogba like, on international duty. Yeah. Yeah. You could feel him in that dressing room. You could feel what he's like. You could see... You know, when you look at the energy of the, the, um, the France team, and like, it's not just because major there's a lot of black players. They've got an energy and a vibe that you feel like they just seem to be having so much fun and enjoying being elite. But this is funny. The only thing that will really stop France, I think you're right, is, is perhaps themselves. And it's so sad, actually, just a quick word for Samuel and Titi. Oh, no. Who, were he not injured, yeah. would have been one of the great defenders of his generation without question. Like, and that is so sad because Mtiti and Varane, this, this podcast is like two minutes long, I think. I think Mtiti and Varane is basically a good night. But the problem without Mtiti, you don't have that defender who, you know, Varane is a superb defender, but one thing we've learned about him over time is you do need maybe that sort of, that steward mm -hmm. in defence 
mm-hmm. like like Ramos is a steward. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and teaching Tony the Adams and Steve Bruce and those kind of guys. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah, you, you absolutely. Need, you need absolutely. that guy who, who's, who you know that he's at some stage, he's going to do something that you just have to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, know, you need like, like the light, you need the lighthouse. That's what you need. My first game is, um, is Belgium, Russia. I'm doing it with Patrick Vieira and Roy Keane, man. And, but the thing is, is that people say, oh, are you sitting between them? Because that's the first thing people say, are you sitting between them? But They love each other, don't they? They love yeah, each they other. Re- they love yeah, because other. the respect, the mm. respect levels go through the roof. And I, I don't, you must have seen the Keenan video. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. It of course. was like- I injected it, I inhaled it. You, you know what, watching that, and it's really strange because when you listen to them, how they spoke about it and the obvious respect they had for each other, it was crazy. It was so good because I remember the weeks leading into when we're going to play United. Patrick's whole demeanor changed from the Monday to the Saturday. Everything in training changed with Patrick. He's how sharp he was, how, you know, how intense he was, how, how gnarly he was. Because when, he's, when you listen to them both speak about it, the both of them said, I didn't want to give him an inch because Patrick said the same thing. So did Roy Keane said, if I play anywhere below what I'm capable of playing, we probably lose the game. Wow, because yeah. it was it was on such a ba- it was such so balanced that whoever got the better of that particular confrontation probably wins the game. So true. Yes. And, you know. So then, when when I remember Patrick in training, his demeanor changed because he was now in. I'm I'm up against Roy Keane on Sat Roy Keane on Saturday, and we're not fucking losing. How did the, when in training? What 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 sort of things did he do? What was the tackles were the t- tackles were fiercer. Yeah, the, when, um, he tack- pa- when he, he tackles patience, you hard, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the tackles are fiercer. Winning it, really properly winning it. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's, um, you know, he's, he's intense in respects of keeping the ball. And if you if you if you if you miss control, then he's, he was on you. Bam. You know what wow. I mean. And we're not talking. Remember, Tony Adams was still captain at the time, mm. but like he already is getting himself in. I'm playing against Roy Keane mode. And he was playing in training like he knew he had to play on the Saturday. And it was something to behold. Because normally, Patrick, when he's training, he's just training. He's really cool. He's smooth. He's nice. You know what I mean? But like, you know, when it really gets intense, obviously, he goes to that level, which we've seen him get to. But like, it was so evident to see that when we're playing Man United, you know. And then all that does, it kind of like raises the orderships then. Because everybody starts to ride because we're playing United. Mm. And I don't care what anyone says, you know what I mean? When you know you're playing United, you have to be ready because, like Roy Keane said, they would they'd fight with you because they had, they had players who could play and then they had players who could, who could dig in. You know, you can imagine like Keane and Scholes. Keane and Beckham Scholes, on the wing. hard. Keane, hard you know, man. Beckham on the wing, Giggs on the other wing, you know. It was like Cole and Cole and York up front, and you know it was. They were. It was the benchmark. You knew you're coming up against the best, the very, very best. And it was. I I, I envied them and hated them. And Roy Keane says the same. All of us as Arsenal team hated them because they were so good. They were so. They were so good. They were so good. It was. It was annoying. Yeah, those games were, were were fraught. I remember like back then. It's the only fixture that used to make me feel physically ill the morning of it. Like mm. I used to feel sick the days of Man, uh, the, of Man United Arsenal games back then. But um, 
I, was, I, I wrote a thread last week on Twitter about Vieira because there was there seemed to be quite a lot of Vieira chat popping up in my timeline, and I was like, mm. I was watching some old highlights, and it just got me thinking about how, like, I just don't think you've ever really seen a midfielder like him before or no. since. He was nope. such a unicorn player. Yeah, like, never before or since. Yeah, hybrid, yeah. hybrid. Yeah, I've never seen a good comparison. Yeah. Godzilla. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just it's to, because with that skill set, and I, th- I think this is the thing that with all of the kind of Arsenal never replaced Vieira chat, you can't place, replace replace him. Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal never replaced Gilberto because that mm. was a player that as good as Gilberto was, there were players out there that could have replaced what he brought to that Arsenal team. Right, when he got there, we all thought, because remember, he walks into the dressing room. I remember we had to play Borussia Mönchengladbach um, in the UA for whatever it was at the time. And him and, um, him and Wenger came, they were together when they, when they came f- to watch that game um, in Germany and uh, I think the week after is when we played Blackburn but like Patrick came in and he sat down and introduced to everybody when he came and we saw him we thought he's a centre half mm. yeah I remember you saying we yeah. saw he's a centre half and, oh my god that's and, when you, and even when, when he came out for training you think well he's a centre half and he, he, he went in the midfield and even then he's, it, was, it was awkward to watch him in there it was, a, it was, it was like a Bambi-esque but without the, falling all over the place he was beautiful. That sequence you know, because, for the Blackburn goal for your yes. one where he plays. Oh my god! You. Yes, Ryan, it is I saw. so like Ryan. He passed that second one to me with the outside of his foot, like the referee blew up for a foul from and he just, was just inside he was his just, own half. He was just he was just kicking it there. Honestly, Moose, the Nuts. pass, the pass Unreal. was just watch his, how his body when he outside of his right foot. He's just done a one-two with Merce. Yep. There's a defender right up him, trying to slide in. Maybe Jason Wilcox, whoever it is. And he hits the ball with the outside of his right foot with a defender on my inside and it bends into my path, the outside of his right foot as if they've stopped playing. The referee's blown the whistle. And you know when the referee's blown the whistle when you're not expecting it and you're going, ah, yeah. and then you just do something. That's how he passed that ball. Yes, yes. Do you know what's unreal? You know, Vieira, um, for me, Vieira's most impressive performances, and everyone loves Vieira, right? Everyone that loves football, loves football, loves Vieira, in my opinion. Vieira away from home was the one that blew me away, always. I always thought Vieira against Leeds, but the one that really got me, Vieira and Anfield. There are very few footballers who've treated Anfield like a red carpet. Very mm. few. You can name maybe five. Actually, two of them are Arsenal players. I see Henri. See, and Steven Gerrard yeah. mentions that he got schooled by Vieira. This man treated that. Anfield like a red carpet. The, the way that this man counterattacked, the way he broke, the way he owned possession, Mm. The way that thing was, you know, because they say when, when it's that loud, you can't hear mm. your players. And this, and his, I don't know what's playing in his own head. What's that, what's that music you like listen to? This, this, the classical. Oh, I honestly believe when you, see, when you see Vieira playing at certain points, what I felt when I saw him was, it was serenity, actually. Mm. And mm-hmm. you watch him like, there's nothing we can do to put that person off their game. All we can do is play our game and hope that what we put together in our configuration matches what he's doing, but you can't actually, when, when he's on, it's strange because you talk about feeling ill before games, Ryan, but there was a strange thing happened with me as a football fan is that I was somehow able to suspend that when the play against me was so beautiful, I'd be like, I have to just acknowledge what that is. Mm. It's mm. like when Barca were destroying us in 2011, you know, when, when, when Vieira was on against United at a certain level, it was just like, yeah, 
it's just is what it is. But, but the same thing as well, Moose, when he lost, when he, because remember, Patrick got sent off a few times. When he yeah, lost, but twice in like two, twice in five yeah. games, twice in two games. He could, yeah. he could when, and this is what I'm saying about when you see him in training, when he goes to that person, that real spiky, gnarly, like he's not a happy person. The only so, player we've seen, I would argue, like Vieira, is Rude Hullet. Yeah, in in relation to what he did in the middle of the pitch, I mean, Rude yeah. Hullet obviously could play as a sweeper, but the only player I say consider, because when Rude Hullet would run, he would skip almost. See the way that he would run, he was almost like yeah. that hair and like he would float oh. with his high shoulders. You know, the, Hullet, yeah, Hullet is the only one I would compare yeah. to Vieira. But yeah. you see, like with, with Hullet, um, and when you see foot in, in the FIFA games, every single team has Rude Hullet. Every single team. Yeah. The top boys who are playing like EA Sports in that, every single team has Rude Hullet. I think, you know, when, when I watched him, especially, obviously he really came to the fore for me in 88. Obviously he was, when he went to Milan and all that stuff, then, at, you know, 88. It was just looking at somebody that looked like that. Because when we were younger, dreadlocks and stuff was something that was scorned by the parents. You weren't allowed to have that hair in their house, Moose. You weren't allowed. So rusters and dreadlocks were scorned. People didn't like it. The parents didn't like it. They thought that you were like weed smoking, no good, just lazy people, just comb. And so to see somebody like Rude Hullet with his dreadlocks, his stature running the game, and then that header, when he scored that header in the final, when mm. he just saw all the locks just go flash because his head just went wham. And you see the locks flash and the head just, the ball just flew into the goal. It was, it was like, for me, it was like, man, this is just, this is amazing. This is amazing. So I know we need to talk Roy Keane as well before we yes. bounce, but I want to just say this on, Rude Hullet is the player, if you look at the last, I would say 30 years of football, who could play in every single position to a world-class level. Every wow. single position, I think. I think a team of 10 Rude Hullets wins everything. 10 wow. outfield Rude wins everything. I just think. Do you We've he never seen play, Yeah, like he it. could probably play everywhere. He could. Well, he, he plays sweeper for, against Italy at the age of like 21 and he's mind-blowing. He plays as a second striker for Milan mm. in, the champ, in the European Cup final and scores twice with Van Basten. Like, mm. he plays anywhere across the midfield. He plays as a winger. He's, mm. he's the guy. Amazing. Yeah. Hybrid. So yeah, he's right. the only one I would say that I could compare to Vieira in terms of what he did in relation to his dominance of a midfield. Obviously, Keane had a different type of dominance, which was like... Mm just astonishing passing and defeat. And I mean, he's my favorite United player, I would say at this point, just because of the intensity Roy Keane brought. Mm. You can drop out some of those other players and we win those league titles without them, yeah. but you yeah. don't win any of them without Keane. Keane Imagine those two in the midfield together. It's, it's <gasps> like, that is it. Do you know, oh, sorry. Did, can we Jesus come in? Christ, Ryan, you just dropped that on us. You can't, you can't do that without Thanks a warning, Thanks for having Ryan. me, mate, but... <laughs> <laughs> just before we go I reckon I reckon if you I reckon if you watch the studio if you get if you actually if you get the uncut footage of the when they first walk into that studio and they sit at the table I reckon you see the camera I, I reckon you see the camera trembling the producers just going like yeah Moose there is a there is an energy when they both sit down you see that little cheek the both of them have got that kind of smile yes that it, which is just it's beautiful to see because we're talking about two fierce competitors Yes, competitors. And they fucking hated each other. Hate, they hated each other. So when they sat down, the smile that the both of them had, there's a bit, there's a, there's a little bit where it's really uncomfortable for a bit because when you see they're trying to get the cameras ready, you should watch it. Getting the cameras ready so yeah. Roy sits down and, and then 
you see them kind of like not look each other in the eye properly yet. It was so great to watch. I said, you know, Tony Adams was, um, I couldn't have asked for a, a greater captain in respects of leadership and how, you know, and what he was, what he went through and what, what he led Arsenal to. But like, if there was a captain I could play, it's Roy Keane. If there's another captain I could play on, one cap, it's Roy Keane, man. You never, ever get a day off with him. You don't get a day off with him. And you, don't, and you shouldn't. When you're playing at the levels that he's playing at, for the clubs you're playing at, Roy Keane is the perfect man on the pitch to emulate everything that your manager wants. Everything Agreed. that Man United yeah. wanted at that time. He's unbelievable. Sounds like working with Musa, man. Never a day off. Oh my God. Yeah, Always got to be on your toes, guys. Not yeah, on the always. sacred timeline. <laughs> on the sacred oh timeline, man. <laughs> guys, listen, I'm going to have to go because I've got to do my preparation for the Euros oh. this week. Wow. So, um, you know, like I said, I'm very excited about it, guys. Um, I, I got to ask you quickly, though, just before we go, because this is the first, first time I'm going to ask you and the last time I'm going to ask you. And I know you don't like, who's winning? France. I say France also. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go England. France is going to have a bad day. England will get them in the final because we've got all our games at Wembley, fingers crossed. We might have one in Rome, the quarterfinals, and then we'll have France in the finals. It will go tight, Mbappe will score, then Grealish will come on and score. And then what will happen is it goes to penalties. We score, we score all our penalties. Then Giroud misses his penalty. And then Jordan Henderson comes on, takes the fifth penalty, and we win the Euros. And Jordan Henderson runs off and everything's, everybody's Redemption. Happy. Everything's Redemption. okay. And the That's first person knocked him is Calvert-Lewin. The first person. <laughs> <laughs> that, so that's how I see it. So thanks a lot, guys. And guys, Brian, I'll see you soon. Fun, Thank man. you very much. You Love pleasure. you guys. Thanks again to my guests, Ryan Hunt and Musa Kwonga. We'll see you again next week for more Euros chat. What can, what can I say other than, come on England. <laughs>